today's Roma Bologna post-mortem episode of the Roma Press Podcast. As always, it's brought to you by Euro Fantasy League for the very best in online fantasy football. Whether you want to play multi-league games, La Liga, Serie A, Premier League, Euro Fantasy League has you covered. Make sure you check them out. They have a variety of games, the easiest scoring, the easiest gameplay, the best statistics. Again, make sure you go to EuroFantasyLeague.com and try their new Champions League game at Fantasy-Champions-League.com. Again, Fantasy-Champions-League.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Okay, welcome back to the Roma Press Podcast. How's everyone doing? Beautiful, beautiful time to be a Roma supporter. No, I'm just kidding. You got to add some levity to it when things are at their lowest. So welcome back. Another episode of the Roma Press Podcast and going to bring Andy on in just one moment here obviously going to get into Bologna going to get into Di Francesco and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Palotta what he may be thinking for anyone who missed it I had the chance to speak obviously extremely briefly to the president of Roma who just quite easily said he was disgusted with what he's been seeing lately so we'll get into all of that but First, again, have to thank our wonderful patrons who make this podcast and the website possible. If you would like to become a patron where you can get exclusive episodes of the Roma Press Podcast, you can get early access to the Roma Press Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to romapress.us and go to the support page on the website. Again, you guys make this all possible and the website, the podcast would not be able to exist without your help. So Thank you to all of those of you who have supported. I appreciate it. And again, if you want to become a supporter of the podcast of the website, patreon.com slash Roma Press. So let's just get right into it now with Andy. We're, we're, we got a lot of thoughts, obviously. I'm sure a lot of you do too. And oh, one thing before I bring him on, wanted to bring this up. One thing I'm looking into doing is potentially allowing people to call into the podcast obviously it wouldn't be live it would be taped so if you planned on calling in and doing nothing but swearing at us as much as i would appreciate and admire that um it would just get cut out but nonetheless i'm sure you know there'd be people who would be interested in participating let me know if that is something you guys would be interested in or not, especially after the match, I would love to hear everybody else's perspectives on things. And it would certainly add to the dynamic of this podcast and would certainly add more conversation pieces uh, following a match. And I would be very interested in doing that. But if if you guys don't think it's a good idea, then, then we won't explore that. So um, let's bring Andy on now and just jump right into everything. All right, Andy's with me now. And... We're not going to go through match ratings because that'd be pointless as all hell. But I just have to know, what are your thoughts on this moment? Because I, I'm stunned. Um, I don't know about you, but personally, I feel this is the the definitely the worst 
Roma game I've seen in a long time and probably one of the most depressing points in this American Roma history. Yeah, it's really, really bad. I, you know, I was trying to think back and it was bad towards the end of Garcia. Um, and in 2014, 2015, there was a really, really, really bad period. I don't know how many remember that far back, but in the spring when they lost in the Europa League to Fiorentina, yeah, that was yeah. really bad. Um, but the, the fans came out and they were angry. Yeah, right, right. But as far as, I mean, obviously those points were bad, but the results in all of those were not nearly as bad as they are now. I mean, this is by far the lowest. Uh, I, and, and again, it's the competition we faced is, has been dreadful. Um, and, you know, if you think that we have one point um, against Kievo and Bologna, uh, it's pretty depressing to see just how low um, on, on, on the, like, we're playing at the lowest level anyone could ever think of. And, um, I mean, we made look Bologna yesterday like they were uh, Barcelona. Um, just, I don't know, <laughs> terrible, terrible. And if you take away a world-class, world-class Edin Dzeko finish, oh, yeah. Roma would have, I, I mean, they would have two points. Yeah. That's and they would be bottom of the are. table. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. would be just above Kievo, who have still negative points. So um, <laughs> this is just such a difficult, very confusing. What do you think the biggest problem is? Because quite honestly, I could point to five different things, and I, you can make the uh, argument each of them is the biggest issue. I think there is like a million things wrong. I mean, first of all, we both predicted last time, I'm very proud of this at least, that you predicted that they would score, and I predicted that we would not come back with three points. So that was yeah. that was a nice prediction. Um, but no, Roma have, everything is going wrong. Everything. Um, there is no leadership on the pitch. The attitude from the players is terrible. Um, very poor, inconsistent, uh, no willingness to attack, no willingness to be aggressive, um, lack of creativity. Uh, I think the upper management is also um, doing just just as bad as the players and the coach. Um, also because you don't, I mean, you don't even know what they're thinking, what they're doing behind the scenes, um, what's going on. Uh, and finally, the coach. The coach is the, I mean, for all the people that, that are saying, you know, get Monchi out of the club or get Palota out of the club, it, it's, there is just no way that you provide a coach with uh, uh, 10 new players before, even I think it was before the first week of, of, of June or some, no, of July, sorry, of July, the first week of July. and you give him all these new players and after two months of intense trainings, there is 
not a single player that knows what his role in this club, what the tactics are supposed to be. Just you cannot have that. And Di Francesco, as a coach, right now, is um, the probably the most the the worst um, flaw in this Roma right now. Yeah, he is for me the biggest issue um, because we can talk about the market all we want. We can talk about the new players, whether or not they're up to it. The players who have been in his system in their second season now look horrible. I don't even know where to begin with Jekko. Um, oh, he's, it's, I, it's, it's difficult I, to watch yeah. it. And, and, and maybe he's not saying it, but he pouts. Um, and you can just see it in his body language. And I, I just cannot begin to tell you how much that bothers me. Oh, he's so frustrating to watch, um, and he's always been that way. Whenever things go south, uh, it, he's he becomes this. He's very aggressive towards his own teammates. He always gets angry, and I understand that you know you don't get any service or very little, but uh, it's it's one thing to be mad inside the locker room, and it's another thing to be mad on the pitch um, where the game is on the line. And again, you, we tell ourselves, uh, these are our, these, these are our leaders, uh, De Rossi, Manolas, Fazio, Dzeko. And Dzeko right now, I mean, okay, let's, uh, the others as well, but Dzeko is, has been very negative. Um, You can sense there is just this negative energy uh, surrounding him. Uh, surrounding the, the teammates, his relationship with the coach, and again, it's. I think this is this all comes down to coaching. Um, this Roma has no idea who they're supposed to play for, um, because for for example, in Garcia's system, the idea was everybody play for Gervinho. Just give the ball to Gervinho, give him the ball as many times as possible and let him do his magic. And then Spalletti was uh, give the ball to Golan and let Golan drop into that uh, 10 role uh, and just do as much damage as possible. And in this Roma, I mean, who, who's the focal point of the whole system? Right. Yeah, it's... It's weird. Uh, Trani had a good article in uh, Messaggero today, and he went through all of the players and what each of their flaws were, and I, I agreed with most of them. He said Jekyll pouts, Pastore disappears, Pellegrini looks like he doesn't belong, and he, he made a comment about Pedotti, how he plays as if every match is a friendly. He doesn't really play with fire. He does stupid things throughout the match. I thought he was terrible against Bologna. I mean, how disappointing was Cliver too? Oh, my goodness. Well, but, you know, again, I think, for example, for me, the, the, the biggest difference uh, in the second, the second half was one of the worst displays of football you will ever see from a team. Oh, that, without question. Yeah, a team that has 70% of the time the ball, and uh, they, they were not able to attack. I mean, Skorupski in the second half did nothing, did literally nothing. So I think the the secret to the second half was he took off Clivert and put on Cengiz. And that means you're leaving the team as it is. 
he left the team was identical as it was um i would have taken off uh perotti instead of clybert i would have put clybert on perotti's side which is his natural role and put on Cengiz. um because okay you may think that uh clybert was bad but if you think about it the only really goal threatening situations came from him i mean he had yes. those two shots on goal and you could see skorupski really uh having a hard time with him and the whole bologna defense i mean he was the the most unpredictable uh player out there who was giving them actually a hard time um while perotti was busy dribbling himself and shooting straight at skorupski um and you can also also see that there there is no chemistry so cliver doesn't know that jeko would not attack the first post so he kept crossing the ball in order for jeko to get in in front of the defense and score from there but jeko doesn't do that and that's again a, a, just it it looks like they don't know each other yeah and then the midfield all match was terrible pellegrini oh, okay. cristante the the ball would go out to the wing to Perotti or Cliver, and nobody would make a run. They would just stand there and ask for the ball back. They were not looking to attack through the lines. They were not looking to make any runs. They were not looking to make a killer final pass. Um, nobody. I, I mean, even Rossi was horrible. They, that, I don't know what it is with the midfield, but um, I mean, Monchi, you know, he completely overhauled the entire midfield, and it's still not working a year later. So clearly, we would have to assume that this is a problem with Di Francesco, no? Yeah, a problem with tactics. And also, I mean, yesterday, you look at those players, they were so frustrated. Their attitude was terrible. I think, to me, the worst midfielder yesterday was Cristante. Um, I mean, he was uh, he was so out of control. He had that yellow card, and then he does the same exact foul and thank God the referee uh, doesn't give him the second yellow. But that was the same exact foul. And that's not a... It's it's just you can see the frustration of a player that doesn't know his role. I mean, he... he Him and, and uh, Pellegrini yesterday were not only terrible defensively, but they were absent everywhere they didn't provide any additional spacing they didn't drop in they didn't make passes forward it was just lateral passes and fouling constant fouling and very frustrating to watch because you know you're they're young you expect more from them and instead the midfield was just as static as ever yeah the midfield was horrible the defense uh... I, I don't even know what to make of it. Uh, Fazio, terrible. Um, Marcano, just, he is not a left back. <laughs> He's not a left back, but that's, again, you know, it's, I mean, you could see him so out of his depth on that role. Like, he he was, it was clear that he is not a left back, that he cannot do anything on that side. I mean, he the only thing he was doing with the ball was passing it backwards to, to Fazio. And why, why as a coach, why are you putting out a player, um, a newly bought player uh, in a role that is not his? Why are you doing this? It's, and then it doesn't there's, make any sense. I mean, Santon is on the bench. 
Pellegrini is on the bench and you go for a central defender, I, I, I don't understand these decisions. I don't. And Olsen, I, I thought that first goal was real. He clearly missed the ball. Whether or not he should have punched it or caught it, he should have done better. The defending yeah, he was, on the he was cut out of position. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the defending though on the shot once they got the ball back was I I, I cannot even describe what that was. That wasn't even yeah. defending. It, it just you know the the thing that bothers me most is it almost looks like I mean we can place blame uh, Monchi Di Francesco, but I mean the blame has to go with the players. I mean they just don't look like they even care, which is the no. the crazy part. Yeah, I mean exactly. In the first in the first uh, half, uh, I thought the only ones who cared were Marcano and Clivert. So new players um, who uh, just seemed like they wanted to uh, to you know to live up to the expectations. I mean, Marcano was was just running everywhere where when Fazio was caught out of position, even on that second goal. You look at that second goal and it seems like it's Marcano's fault, but Fazio is nowhere to be found. And um, it's Marcano who has to track back from left back to center back and has to cover for um, against two opponents and finally gets, you know, outplayed and there is the second goal. It's just so frustrating to watch a team that is in a slump and is doing absolutely nothing to get out of it. Um, and I mean, you know, the, again, for Olsen yesterday, I think was to blame. I think that that first goal, he got cut out of position. Um, his reaction was too late. I think on the second goal, um, he could have done a, a little bit more. Uh, and it's weird because, you know, we come from a season where we were used to seeing Alisson face those situations a million times, and you always gave him 50% chances of saving that. With Olsen yesterday, when that guy went in with the ball one-on-one on him, I knew uh, immediately it was it was a goal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's everything is wrong. The defense is, I mean, you cannot... You cannot put players out of position if the team is not performing. Just do one thing right. Put a left-back on a left-back position, a right-back on the right-back position. Um, Put players who deserve to start rather than players who feel entitled to. Yeah, and going with that, Di Francesco, after the match, for anyone who missed it, he said, "I, I got all the answers I needed from this match, and it's going to cause me to change. I mean... Pardon my 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 language here, but what the fuck does that mean? Like yeah. what? Like what do you mean? Are are you going to change eleven players? I mean, he's been experimenting with the formation all season, so I, I have no idea what he means by that. And also, he that that after post game conference was just pathetic because. He first off, he started instead of you know admitting you know this was a shit game. I, I, I take some of the blame. He said, uh, "I still think we you know like something went wrong, but we had seventy percent possession." And and for a guy who constantly talks about his football being a football that you attack um, 
the, the team that has the ball and that you press high and and for for someone like that i mean i understand if you're guardiola and you say i have 70 percent possession but for a guy like uh di francesco after a terrible game to talk about possession when this other side uh bologna who have not scored any goal so far and scored two against uh, a bigger team supposedly a stronger team i mean what the hell are you talking about you know it's it's like this is what i don't like about di francesco he never faces up to his own mistakes he never owns them and he just you know says oh i'm going to fix this we're we're going to have to try and fix this we have to find the right mentality where are you going to find this mentality? This team has been lacking mentality since the, the time you came in. Um, because that's that's what it is. I mean, if you if you don't, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we were a year ago, we were trailing against um, Benevento at home. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, and, Cheng, and Cengiz invented uh, two goals by himself. He just... He just made two extraordinary goals. And from then on, we won that game. But that game was exactly like this one. We were just doing nothing to score. We were trailing against a, a terrible team. Um, and it was just a matter of individual talent. And against Bologna, we, we didn't have that. Everyone was shit. Um, nobody knew how to react. And Di Francesco has to own up to it. That's it. Yeah, I I agree. My I mean all of this leads us now to the in uh Tiro and it's the 24th of September, which is insane to me. Absolutely insane to do this and it's not even October. Um yeah. I mean, before Frosinone and before a team like Frosinone, you know, it's it's crazy. And, you know, part of me thinks that, well, maybe they need it. Um, But I'm of the mindset that uh, the Retiros never do anything. I I just think it's more of a a band-aid to a much bigger problem. And let's say they go out and they beat Frosinone. I mean, is everything still okay? Because... I, I don't think so. I mean, no, no. just because they get a result means nothing. Uh, Frozenone are without question the worst team in the league. We, I, I mean, it's not even up for debate. They're terrible. Um, yeah. They've conceded 12 goals already. Uh, not that Roma are much better, but still. Um, so now it's like you you have Frozenone, then you have the Derby. And then you got obviously Champions League matches coming up as well. And part of me thinks, you know, what is the point in waiting? If you're ultimately going to sack Di Francesco, why in the world would you wait? Because they did that with Garcia and it nearly cost him a Champions League place. And if you remember, they, I mean, they, they sacked Garcia after the Christmas break. After. Yeah. I mean, they could have had Spalletti uh, for an entire. Two weeks before the season started back again, and they brought Garcia back. We know what happens. They 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 fail to get a result against Milan, and he's gone. And you know, part of me is like, well, well, you know, the writing is sort of on the wall right now. 
Why even wait? Um, and also, again, you know, you're playing against Frosinone. Um, first of all, a retiro like this I, won't work miracles. So everybody don't expect any changes because they've been in retiro for two months uh, during the summer break. And this is what we get. Um, again, I think it's riding a dead horse. You, you're not going to squeeze anything out of this team under Di Francesco right now because they're clearly not listening to him. And he's not um, doing anything for them to listen to him. And it's, 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 it's so blatantly clear when, you know, yesterday you just knew that they were not, not going to score. They were not going to fight back. And um, I don't know if a win against Frosinone will, uh, you know, you know, will, will make him stay. I think the Derby is going to be the key match. And right now, I think the chances of Roma winning the Derby um, are very, very slim. I think so, too. And let's just say these things don't go as planned. Let's say maybe they draw against Frozenone, they lose uh, the Derby against Lazio. I mean, you have to sack Di Francesco. But we've talked about this the last two or three podcasts. I don't know who the hell... They appoint. I I don't even know. I, I mean, I can't even think of a name. I, I think this is their biggest concern right now is that, you know, they don't have any valid alternatives. I'm sure they have, you know, someone who they think they can get in touch with quickly enough. But, I mean, if you look at who's available, all the names are pretty dreadful and I, they don't fit what Roma is looking for right now because Roma needs someone to get this team back on track. They need someone effective. They don't have to play sorry ball, but they need to play some kind of football. And it's just, I mean, like you said yesterday, you could have given that team two more hours and they wouldn't have scored anyway. And that's no. the problem with this team. No, and I, you know, the the part that frustrates me most is like Di Francesco just keeps going at it with the same shit over and over and over, and he's not trying a new approach. And you have to wonder, just I, I don't know what sort of top tier manager they could get in here to replace him. I, I mean, the names out there right now are dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I mean, the only name that I keep coming back to that makes sense because they've interviewed him in the past, this was before they ultimately chose Garcia, is Blanc. And, but I, yeah, but I have he, no idea, he, though, yeah, how he... he... Hasn't, I mean, he hasn't coached for what, for five years? Something like that. It, it's, been, he... it's been a while, a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... I, today, the, I mean, obviously, today, all the newspapers are giving names, and I wouldn't believe anything. I mean, the, some, some people are still talking about Conte. Others are talking about, I suppose, the phone call between Baldini and uh, Paul Sosa, who's the um, ex-Fiorentina man. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyone who watched the end of his time at Fiorentina. I, no. I, oh. yeah, that was, I mean, he started out great, but the, the second year and the third Terrible. year were like Garcia, basically. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, 
as you said, I mean, Di Francesco is consistent in everything that is wrong. So he makes all the wrong choices over and over and over. So he doesn't, he, he doesn't stick to one formation. And even if he sticks to his 4-3-3, then it suddenly in the mid-game, you don't even know what the, what the hell is, is this team supposed to look like. Um, he keeps fielding players who don't deserve to be fielded. I mean, um, Jaco is, is not breathing. I'm going to be very mad if he's uh, starting uh, against Frosinone. I hope not. Um, and it just seems like, I mean, it seems like that, that whole Marcano thing, putting him on left back, is that a provocation? I mean, is that some sort of cryptic messenger sending? Because that sure didn't work, and it, it surely didn't look like you've, you've practiced it um, during training. No, uh, and did you see before the match, too, they asked him if him sending Cliver to the stands for Madrid was a message, and he said it might have been, it may not have been. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know where he, he pulls these things out from, but it's, I mean, it's just absurd. I mean, the, I don't know about you, but the only positive that I see right now is it's still only late September. And if they were to sack him, there's still plenty of time for whoever is appointed after him to potentially transform the season. But other than that, I don't see a damn thing that is even remotely positive that he's done. No. Um, and again, you know, it's, I mean, if we don't get a result uh, against, against uh, Frosinone, it, it has to happen. And I don't care who they bring in. It has to happen because uh, it's, it was so really. I mean, yesterday the most frustrating thing, aside from the fact that the team was not playing any decent football, was that you could see the players were frustrated and they were mad at themselves. They were upset with the whole situation. You could see Cristante making these stupid fouls, Pellegrini missing these wide open chances, Jeco absent completely, uh, just getting destroyed by the defense. Um, even a guy like Cliver, who could not get anything done pro- properly. I mean, it's they, you know, you have to, at a certain time, you have to say, okay, it's enough. It's it's enough. You cannot do this. You cannot do this to Sheikh. You cannot do this to uh, Marcano. You cannot do this, this to the players that are, um, there to to uh, try to win a starting spot or try to perform at some sort of level, and he keeps just. I mean, it seems like he's destroying our team. It's people say Monchi destroyed our team. I think right now what's happening on the field, uh, Di Francesco's work is is exactly that. He's he's destroying this team mentally. This team has zero confidence. Confidence comes from a coach that has some sort of grip. On, on the situation. Di Francesco has no grip. I mean, you put uh, Clivert in the stands and then you come out and say, yeah, well, you know, a player can stay in the stands and then he can still start. You know, it's, what is that supposed to do? And you don't give any rhythm to Nzonzi. You don't put him in the starting lineup because what? He's played 
two games straight. Or I mean, a player of Zonzi's caliber who's used to playing big minutes cannot play an extra game against Bologna. It's these stupid choices and this being consistent in making these stupid choices that is so frustrating. Yeah, you know, part of me, and I, you know, he's a professional and so on and so forth, but, you know, part of me thought some of these choices he makes, it's almost like he's trying to sabotage and teach Monchi a lesson, like he's unhappy with the players he's got or something, because I, I, I for the life of me, cannot understand. I mean, even from the start of the season, um, Four three three to a four two three one to a three four two one, um, sending guys to the stands and then starting them in the very next match. Like, no, no, no logical manager does this. And I would love to know what has happened because, I mean, this team f- five months ago was going to a Champions League semifinal, and this is the same Di Francesco who bossed Conte at Stamford Bridge. This is the same guy who held Atletico Madrid in Rome. And I just cannot understand what the hell has happened in the short amount of time. Uh, you know, it's, again, I think, um, I, 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 as I said, I still, I still give part of the blame to the upper management. I still blame... Uh, Monchi for uh, giving a contract extension to Di Francesco without, you know, without um, clarifying what the objectives are for this team, uh, because it, it sure is, it looks like that. But um, as I said, I think if you give to any sort of manager, any sort of players, like um, you can at this two months before the season starts and you give this manager two months to work day and night with these players. And this manager is supposed to make these players look like a team. And it, it doesn't matter what, what their capabilities are. It doesn't matter if they're uh, star football players or just mediocre players. You still expect some sort of system to be set in motion during those two months. I mean, you look at Sassuolo right now, they're not an impressive team, but the way they move the ball, the way they communicate on the pitch, uh, they look like a team. And uh, same goes for Spal, same goes for Fiorentina, even more so, they're doing great. And we look like just a, a, a relegation team. It's, 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 it's ridiculous that he has not established any sort of okay, you come, if, I mean, any sort of rotation, okay, you, Pellegrini will play this game, um, if player, Pellegrini is not available, then Zaniol will, no, he has nothing of that sort, it's, it, it, everything seems to be improvised, I mean, you leave Choric at home, you leave Karsdorp at home, then you put Clivert in the stands, then you call back Clivert, put him in the starting lineup, it's, it, it, it's so chaotic, and you've had two months to work with these guys. I mean, what did you do? Yeah, and the thing that bothers me most is, you know, all the good managers have an identity. Teams are supposed to have an identity. You know, I always point to, you know, whether or not you think he's a good manager or not, but Gasparini, he comes, regardless of which club he goes to, they always have the same system. They, his players always have the same purpose on the pitch. 
his teams always play the same way. I mean, I couldn't tell you a thing about Di Francesco. I don't know what his football is supposed to be. Um, I don't know what his uh, sort of identity is as a manager. I mean, he's just a he's just a guy. Like, okay, so <laughs> yes, yes, the, yes. the names that are coming out, I, the one I keep seeing, and it's it, God help me if this happens, is Montella. Montella is exactly like Di Francesco. He's just a guy who has no identity as a manager. They it just he just guesses he 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 experiments i i couldn't tell you what montella does well as a manager i couldn't tell you one thing <laughs> but i think that that's why they keep inserting him into these articles because he's the most similar one to di francesco i remember um i think he retweeted one of those uh articles uh it was after we crashed out of the champions league and somebody wrote an article about who Di Francesco is as a manager. And the, the whole article was about that there is no way of just writing something about him because he has one side that is the man who went to Stamford Bridge and came back from down 2-0 and then beat Chelsea at home 3-0 and then stopped Atletico Madrid at home and then, and then came back in a historical comeback against Barcelona but at the same time, it's the Di Francesco who uh, gets exposed in Coppa Italia, uh, gets dismantled uh, at Liverpool, um, goes through three months of of, of no football. You, st- you you have to start wondering who is this manager? What what are his strengths? What are his weakness, weaknesses? I mean, right now I can't even tell you what his real we- weakness is. Um, because it just seems so chaotic. Everything is so not right and not consistent with him. You, you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who this man is right now. I don't know what he's thinking and what the upper management is thinking. Yeah, and it's, it's been out there. I, I was kind of surprised at how many people actually picked it up. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> spoke to Pelota after the match, and all he said was, to me, I am disgusted. I asked him a couple follow-up questions, but he didn't answer. So part of me thinks that, you know, last everyone keeps pointing out the last time he said this Garcia was was sacked. But if you actually look, he's, he said it before in the Champions League last season. Um, I mean, if, if, if you're him, first off, he should, I, I do believe he should be getting some blame because in the big picture of things, he's the one who runs all of this. Um, he appointed Monchi. Monchi appointed Di Francesco. I, I, I understand people not, you know, I understand people trying to pass the blame off to him, and I, I, I get that, and I can understand, you know, people's point of view and wanting to make him accountable for everything. But he's not going to sack himself. So lo and behold, he's still going to be the president even after this. But what do you think his mindset is during all of this? Because if I'm him. I'm looking at the calendar and part of me thinks, well, this was by far the easiest portion of our schedule throughout the entire season. Di Francesco has failed miserably and it's only going to get more difficult from here. The club clearly cannot risk missing out on the Champions League. It cannot happen whatsoever. We've I'll get into it more in a different podcast as to why, but financial situation is not good 
So if you are him and you're looking at the calendar, wouldn't you think now is the best time to make the change? Because I know I said this a little bit ago, but I, I just what is the point in waiting? I, I can't understand why they would want to wait. I see well, no benefit. I, I mean, I first of all, I don't I don't think he's the one looking at the calendar. I think Monch is the one looking at the calendar. I think uh, Palotta is looking at the brand, the Roma brand he always talks about. And I think um, this this year's trophy is to, I mean, th these last two years and this year included because of the sponsors and the publicity we got after the Champions League um, is to build the brand. And I think if he starts seeing these sort of performances, he's going to start worrying about the brand. So again, as I said, I think the Derby is the key. The, the Derby is is the, the the make it or break it i think if if the, the break the derby has gets enough attention for the brand to either be damaged or uh or improved so if i was him i would probably give di francesco one last chance for the big derby if he gets embarrassed and the brand suffers then he's out I hope you're right. It's it's just so bizarre to see all of this unfolding. So let's just look very briefly. They face Frozen on in two days. What do you think happens? Do you think they actually win? Uh, <laughs> no, I, look, if you watch Frozenone play against uh, Lazio and Juventus, where I think they lost uh, against Lazio by one goal and against Juve by two goals. Yeah, they were not bad. Not bad at all. They're not bad. And right now, Roma are so bad that they they may suffer. Uh, so I still, I, I still don't think we, we're going to get a win because from what I've seen, this team is not able right now to pick itself up, especially not in, what, two days of training? No, I don't think we're going to get all the points, no. And Frozenone entered the match without having scored a goal. Bologna <laughs> had not scored a goal. Are we doubting that Frozenone scored a goal? Because I no. think they will. I, I think if yeah. they, it, it, in my opinion, if Roma win, I think it'll be a a ugly uh, two to one, one to zero, just something incredibly shit. Yeah, it's it, it, there is no way it, that this Roma will suddenly, all of a sudden, just because they went two days in Retiro, will suddenly look like Barcelona. It's there is no way. I think they will suffer. I think they will struggle. Um, uh, and they will concede because right now this defense is surely not waterproof, uh, even against a team like Frosinone. Yeah, and you have to wonder again, a good result, does that give Di Francesco more time? I to me it just feels like even with a good result, you're delaying, so to speak, the inevitable. Oh yeah, it's coming. Uh, I don't think. I mean, this is this is his. I, I just like just as I think this is the last year of Fazio. This is the last year of Jeko, The last year of Kolarov. Uh, last year of many of these veteran players. I think this. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is uh, Di Francesco's last year. There is no way, even if he somehow gets out of this slump, um, he will be Roma's coach. Uh, the next season. 
I hope you're right, and you know you have to wonder entering this match is he going to do another whole host of changes because i've got to be honest with you i was shocked that he did not start chic against bologna i mean if 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 he can't start those kind of matches then frankly what what's the point of even having him in the team and luca pellegrini same for luca pellegrini you know uh Certainly, I don't. I mean, he said it. I mean, from what he said, it sounds like he's going to just make a massive turnover. Um, also, because I, I think he has nothing to lose. So uh, I think we'll get to see Schick because there is no way. I mean, even if you you can be the dumbest person in the world, but you're not going to start Jekyll. Um I, I think we're going to see uh, uh, Luca Pellegrini. I think we're going to see Zagnolo instead of Cristante. Um, you know, maybe maybe even a bench role for, for Choric. Uh, I would definitely put Clivert uh, instead of Perotti or El Sharawi. I mean, I think he's just going to do a massive change because this is it. This is These are the, the last... The moments uh, that he can hope for, so it, it's going to be a massive, massive turnover. Yeah, and can we please see Clivert and Under? I, yeah, I mean, exactly. what is the point Why? of El Shadawi or Pedalti anymore? They serve no purpose. They're not starting players. I mean, this is so you you get a winger like Clivert, and it, you just have to start him in his natural position. Come on, it's. They're not, Perotti and El Sharawi are nice bench pieces, but when it comes to starting, you have to, you need to have a, a player that, that gives some sort of trouble to the, the opposition defense, uh, makes some in unpredictable runs, some unpredictable movements, some creative play. Um, and, you know, we're not getting anything from them. So, yeah. And, I just I keep laughing at this. You know, the best half of football they played was against Atalanta in the second half when they played that four-two-three-one with Pastore uh, yeah. playing through the middle. I just laugh because that was their best forty-five minutes, and not once has he gone back to that. Yeah, and again, it's just who's the key player? Again, who is 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 Pastore a key player for him? Is Nzonzi a key player for him? Who is the 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 focal point of this team? Um, if because again, you know, you, you, are you gonna start Pastore in against Frosinone or against the Derby? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, I would go four, two, three, one. I don't know who I would start at the back. Luca Pellegrini. I don't want to see Fazio again. Marcano, Manolas, Florenzi. And Zonzi has to start. To me, that was another thing. Absolutely (sighs) absurd that he did not play. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to... you, You get a player that costs you a lot of money. He has... He's not an... A youngster. He's 30 years old. He's been he's been playing. He's one of the players that has the highest number of minutes in the in La Liga. Um, you, he's one of those players you need to keep playing. It doesn't matter if he doesn't perform. Uh, the whole team is not performing, so it doesn't matter. Give some give him some sort of consistency. Uh, just and there is no way you can afford to 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 start De Rossi again because De Rossi. 
I know a lot of people like to say, you know, he was our best player. Doesn't matter. He's not he's not useful for this team right now. He's not the the, the ingredient that this team needs right now. Yeah. It's you know, we could talk about this for two hours. I, I don't even know where to start with this team. It's there's so many problems. Now, let's say just to end this. Let's say hypothetically they don't get and the he, result. Okay. DiFrancesco has to be sacked the second after they fail to drop points, right? Or should they drop points? He has to be sacked immediately after, correct? Yeah, 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 and definitely. And also, you know, we we didn't talk about this, but Inter uh, won and Lazio won, so we are giving opposition. Uh, points and we are not doing anything so you you drop points against Frosinone it's going to end up real bad I couldn't agree more just a terrible time right now so everyone we're going to leave it there it's enough depressing topics to discuss in such a short amount of time we will talk again after the match against Frosinone at this point I would like to say it'd be three points but we have no idea given what we've seen so far this season so we will leave it there. Andy, thanks again. And we will talk to you guys uh, after Frozenone. Ciao.